please, to John chapter 1. Uh, there is a particular character that I want to mention to you today. There is so little known about him. He's hardly ever mentioned. He is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, and of course here in John. Um, he is one of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people don't even know that he even existed because he just isn't mentioned that much. But I want to talk about him today because John chapter 1 gives us a kind of an insight into what this guy's like. John chapter 1, let's read, started with verse 43. Let us stand, please, for the reading of the word. John, the first chapter. Verse 43, and we'll go all the way to verse 51, go like this. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee. Now, what does that mean? The day following what? Well, I'll tell you what happened. We don't have to read it. But you remember John the Baptist was preaching? Oh, my, did he, did he preach. And all of a sudden, he had two disciples with him, two of his own disciples. And he happened to look over yonder, and he saw a figure of a man. He knew who that was. It was his cousin, Jesus. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, these two disciples of John the Baptist went to see who this was. And Jesus says, Who are you looking for? And so they have a conversation. And Jesus invites them to come to where he is. One of those disciples was a guy named Andrew. You know what? Andrew had the gall to do after he met Jesus. He went to his brother Peter and told him about him. Isn't that something? He did. Now, we're going to have another episode similar to that coming up here in verse 43. Now, watch this carefully. This fascinates me. It says here, The day following Jesus would go forth in the Galilee and findeth Philip. Now, watch it. And saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. That means they all lived in the same town. Now Philip, now look at this, findeth Nathaniel, that's one of his buddies, and he saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. All right, now watch this. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? What kind of question is that? If you were Nathanael, you'd probably say the same thing. The city of Nazareth did not have a good reputation. It's sort of like Las Vegas. I mean, I don't have any desire to go to Las Vegas. Do you? Uh, maybe some of you do. I couldn't care less. I don't care. There's a lot of places I like to go, but, but Las Vegas is not one of them. And so he says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, that wicked city? Now watch this. Philip saith unto him, Come and see. He said, well, won't you come on with me, meet Jesus, and you'll see what I'm talking about. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, I love this. Now watch this. He says, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. The word guile means hypocrisy. What Jesus is saying is he has given Nathanael a great commendation. He said there is nothing hypocrisy, nothing in hypocrisy about Nathanael. He is true blue. He is a genuine Israelite indeed. What does that mean? Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Just hang on. All right, Nathanael says unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Nathanael asked, How in the world do you know me? I've never met you before. Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Before I got saved, Jesus saw me. Now watch it. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, that means teacher, Thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Isn't that great? An eye-opener for Nathaniel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let us pray. Father, I pray for the guidance, leadership, your direction of the Holy Spirit. I realize your presence is already here. That's been obvious through the singing. And I pray, Lord, you'll make yourself known unto each one of us. Speak to our hearts. If by chance there's anyone in this congregation who, who is without Christ, I pray you'll save that soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. Now, because of a friend named Philip, Nathaniel came to know Jesus. Now, I don't know, I can't remember if I have given you this illustration or not, something that happened to me. I was in the Marine Corps, and I lived in a barracks of 100 guys. We didn't have any privacy. But anyway, that, that's okay. But one day, I happened to walk into the barracks, and there was nobody in there but one guy. And just so happened, his bunk was next to mine. Now, he was not a big buddy of mine. I mean, I liked him okay, but he wasn't, you know, one of my bosom buddies. He was one of those guys that whined women in song, you know, and he bragged about that kind of situation. So I wasn't interested in that kind of stuff. But anyway, he, there he was sitting on his bunk by himself. And I thought, well, this is a golden opportunity. So I went over and talked to him for quite a while, sat next to him and talked to him about Jesus and what Christ Jesus had done for me. But I talked to him for a long time. But no, he did not get saved that day. That was back in the 60s. Now get a load of this. In the 90s, I pastored a church. And on Monday morning, I was having the blues. Have you ever had the blues? 
I think almost every pastor does on Monday. But <laughs> almost every Monday. But anyway, I had the blues that day. I mean, it seemed like everything was going wrong. I was, I was just having a time. Then I got a telephone call. And the voice on the other side of that number, of that call, said, you, did, were you, are you the George Hyatt that was in the Marine Corps, a cook at Camp Lejeune back in the 60s? I said, well, yeah, matter of fact, I was. And then he gave me his name, which, by the way, did not ring a bell. I could not remember. He kept on talking, and finally it dawned on me. It was that same guy. Now, I remember his name now, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, it was the same guy that I had talked to 30 years prior. He told me that he went to Vietnam, came back from Vietnam. He didn't go into all details, but he had gotten saved. 30 years. Here's the point. It seems like there's some people you talk to, and it seems like over and over and over again, they turn you down. Don't give up. Pray for them. Now, I literally forgot about it until he told me who he was and that episode. So I'm so grateful. That's one time that I, I obeyed the Lord. But, folks, I'm going to have to be honest with you. There have been times that I have failed God. I did not do like Andrew and like Philip and should have. Folks, it breaks my heart. I can't do anything about that now. Folks, it pays to tell others about Jesus. Now, don't lose John chapter 1. We'll come back to it in a moment. Look with me, please, to the Gospel of Mark chapter 3. Now, I want you to find these in your scriptures, in your Bible. Mark 3 and verse 13. Now, take note of what it says. Mark 3, starting with verse 13 through 19. It says here, And he goeth up into a mountain, now, keep that in mind, because the Bible here in Mark does not tell you why. But Jesus went into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, that he might send them forth. Why? To preach. And to have, now watch this, to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out de devils or demons. Now, let me stop here for just a minute. I honestly believe with all my heart the apostles had the ability to actually cast out demons and heal the sick. However, let me tell you something very, very important. The apostleship died when John did, after he wrote the book of the Revelation. There are no apostles today. Now, you have these so-called faith healers, but may I say something to you? Most of those are fraud. All right? There are no apostles today. But in the meantime, Jesus called these guys to preach, and also they had the power to heal sicknesses, to cast out demons. Now, watch it. Simon, he's surnamed Peter. He's always the head of the crowd. <laughs> And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. And he surnamed them Boanerges, which is sons of thunder. You may say, why in the world are James and John called sons of thunder? 
I got the answer for you. I'm glad you asked me. You'll find in chapter 9 of the book of Luke, you don't have to turn there, but there was a time when there were some people who just absolutely would not accept what Jesus was teaching. James and John got mad and said, Lord, you want us to call down fire and brimstone on these folks? I mean, they were mad. That's why they're called the sons of thunder, by the way. They were kind of hot-headed, you might say. But the uh, Lord said, no, don't do that. Well, that's another story. Let's move on. Verse 18. And Andrew and Philip. Remember Philip? Who comes after Philip? Bartholomew. May I say something to you? Bartholomew and Nathaniel are the same person. Okay? Matthew, Mark, and Luke call him Bartholomew. And the book of Acts does too. John calls him Nathaniel, but it's the same guy. So keep that in mind. Bartholomew or Nathaniel. And uh, Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, Phidias, and Simon the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into a house. So keep that in mind. Now, First of all, I want you to realize they were ordained by the Lord Jesus Christ to do this preaching and casting out demons and healing of the sick and so on. They had the power to do that. And one of the men who had that power was a guy that we know very little about named Bartholomew. In verse 13 says, he went up into a mountain, talking about Jesus, it says in Matthew, Mark, rather, he went up into a mountain. Now, why did he go into the mountain? Well, we learned that from the Gospel of Luke. So now you can leave Mark now and go to Luke chapter 6. Here again, don't forget John 1, don't, don't lose it. We'll go back to Luke chapter 6. I want you to see something here. Chapter 6, verse 12 through 19. Is everybody there? Okay, got you. Now, right, here we go. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain. Remember that? We read that in Mark. Also here in Luke. Why did he go there? Well, there's a prepositional phrase that tells you why. To pray. Luke tells us he went there to pray. And continued all night in prayer to God. Now remember, Jesus is about to call his 12 disciples, who will eventually be apostles. And he calls them he does what did he do he prayed I look at it this way if Jesus has to pray before he makes a decision I need to pray to make a decision that's important I want you to see that ladies and gentlemen that's very important anyway he continued all night in prayer to God and when it was day he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Now, first of all, they're called disciples. Later on, they will be called apostles. There's a reason for that. A disciple is one who is in the midst of learning. We should all be disciples of Christ. Learners from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's imperative that you read and study your Bible every single day. All right? 
Now, later on, he calls them apostles, and that's one who is sent out as delegates. And that's what these guys did eventually. All right, he names them again. Here's Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, Philip. Here he comes again. Philip, now take note that Bartholomew follows Philip. They're buddies. And there's one place we'll read in a little bit that the order is different, but that's okay. Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to, to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Virtue would be power. Came out of Jesus for their healing. All right. So far we've seen Bartholomew mentioned in Mark and Matthew, and, um, well, Matthew also, and also Luke. Just mentioned. But he plays an important role here. I can't help but think when John 1, we'll go back to that later, of what he said about Jesus. Now, in Matthew chapter 10, you don't have to turn there, but Matthew chapter 10, the first eight verses, says that Jesus gave them power. The same thing that was said in Mark and Luke. Now, the word power is from the Greek word dunamos, which means we interpret it as dynamite. These guys were full of dynamite. That means power. They had power from God. Folks, we need some of that old-time power on self. Now, we can't be apostles, but we can sure enough be uh, delegates of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's so important. May I say something to you? Some time back, this has been a oh, year and a half ago, I guess, maybe less, I went to Captain Tom's. That's a seafood restaurant there in Kernersville. I'm an avid lover of seafood. But anyway, I went there. I was all by myself. My wife had passed away. And I put my name in there to tell them that I needed a table. So they wrote my name down, and then I was to sit and wait until they called me. I sat there on the bench, and there was a family, a young boy sat next to me. I guess he was 16, 17, 18, I don't know. But he sat next to me, and we started talking to each other. And he said he was there to apply for a job as a busboy. Folks, may I say something to you? That was a golden opportunity to tell him about Jesus and even his whole family. Folks, I didn't do it. Well, I thought later on, I got to thinking about him. His name was Jose. I got to thinking about him. I thought, well, I'll go back to the Captain Tom's and 
and have a meal and hoping that I'll see him, see if he got the job busting tables. Well, sure enough, it just so happens my youngest sister who lives in Greensboro, he, she and her husband and I were going to go to, to, this, to this restaurant. So we went there and sat down and sure enough, there was Jose busting tables. He came over, he talked to me for a while, we had a nice little conversation. I did not tell him about Jesus. That really got to me. Well, sometime later, I thought, well, good gracious, I'm going to give this another try. I'm going to go back to Captain Tom's to get a place to eat, to sit down. I mean, I was going to eat a meal there just so I can see this guy. So I can talk to him about Jesus. I didn't see him. I asked another busboy about him. I was a waitress. I don't remember. And that person told me that he didn't work there any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, my opportunity went up in smoke. I don't know what happened to him. Not too long ago, there was a couple in our church there at Sheridan Park. Invited me to go out, have a meal with them there in Greensboro. And by the way, if anybody invites me to a meal, more than likely I'm going to accept it. <laughs> we went to Walkville House there in Greensboro, not too far from the church. And we had to wait for the table. They were very busy. Next to me, another young man sitting next to me. But anyway, he was, uh, his name was uh, Juan. We sat there, had a nice conversation. He's a really nice guy. Guess what? I failed to tell him about Jesus. I failed the Lord again. Don't you just hate that? We need more people like Philip and Andrew. I need to be more like that. Now let me tell you one more. I'll move on. One time I was at Harris Heater. That's where I buy most of my groceries, there in Kernersville. And I was uh, in line, and I didn't pay attention to, to who the checker was until I got up to, the, to him. I saw his name tag. His name tag said Jorge. That is Spanish for George. That means his name and my name are the same. And so I started talking to him. I said, Jorge, huh? My name is George. And he understood that to be the same as Jorge. And so we had a nice conversation. He shook my hand two times. And by the way, that boy knows how to buy groceries. Have you ever been to a grocery store and they don't do it right? I went there one time and a woman was packing my groceries. And I had one of these, I think it's a cherry pie. And she put it sideways. And when I got home, all the pie was on one side. But this boy knows how to buy groceries. So every time I go to Harris Teeter, I look for him, hoping that I can get in his line because he knows how to do it. And then, too, his name is George in Spanish, Jorge. Well, the next time I went to the grocery store, I didn't see him. I looked all over the place there in, in the checkout. He wasn't there. And I thought, oh, man, I missed my opportunity. See, I didn't witness to him that time either. Well, anyway... I was getting ready to leave, and there he was. He was getting baskets and putting them up. I said, I was looking for you over there as a checker. He says, they use me everywhere in here. <laughs> and 
And so I did witness to him. Come find out, he knew the Lord. He already knew the Lord. So I was grateful for that. But, you know, I had a track in my hand, and he said, I'd like to have it. So I gave it to him, you know. So that was great. Folks, please, if you have a chance to witness to somebody, do it. And I don't care if they're Mexican, Asian, black, white, whatever. They're all souls for whom Christ died. Oh, my. Please don't miss out on these opportunities. Well, Jesus spent the night in prayer before choosing the 12 men. They had to be with Jesus as learners for an extended period of time before they could actually go out into the ministry and be apostles. Just like you and me, we have to be disciples learning from the Lord Jesus Christ, from his holy word, before we can go out and do the job that he's called us to do. I wrestled a long time when Jesus called me to preach. I wrestled as to whether I should go to college or not, but I got the idea that I should, and I'm grateful that I spent four years at Free Will Baptist Bible College. It helped me a lot. Now, how did Bartholomew meet Jesus? Now, let's go back to John chapter 1, to our major text. John chapter 1. I love this story. I really do. In verse 43, we learn the answer. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee, he findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Philip, or Peter, rather. Philip findeth Nathanael, that's Bartholomew, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now that makes sense. Nazareth was a city of wickedness. How in the world can the Messiah come from such a place? I mean, really. So it makes sense. Philip saith unto him, well, come and see. If you don't believe it, come over here, let me me show you. Isn't that great about Philip? He coaxed Nathaniel Bartholomew to come. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an, Israel, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Now, why did Jesus say that? Nathanael, an Israelite indeed, with whom there is no guile or hypocrisy. He is comparing Bartholomew or Nathaniel, with Jacob of the Old Testament. You remember Jacob? He was a conniver. He was a deceiver. He really was. He was awful. You would have never thought that anybody, that God, rather, I should say, could use a man like Jacob. He was a conniver. The very opposite of what Nathaniel is. 
Now then, Jacob got right with God. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. That's quite a name, isn't it? So Jacob became a new creature. Now, that's what he's saying here to Nathaniel. You're not like Jacob was in his older days before he got right with God. You are not a hypocrite. You are one of the, a, a great guy who is an Israelite indeed. That's what he says to Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? How in the world do you know me? We've never met. Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. May I say something to you? I was a sinner. I didn't drink, I didn't cuss, I didn't smoke, all that junk. But I didn't know the Lord. I was not raised in a Christian home. And I met a friend when I was in radio school. I went to school of broadcasting in Atlanta. I met this guy, and he just happens to be from Greensboro. I was from, Green, from Greensboro. The difference was I had graduated from Grimsley High School. He had graduated from Page. So I did not know him until I met him there at the school, at, at the Atlanta school. Well, anyway, when we came to Greensboro to visit, he invited me to his church, a Pentecostal holiness church. So I started going with him to that church. Those people cared for me. They prayed for me. They told me about Jesus. And folks, it was at an old camp meeting type meeting there at the church. I met the Lord in June 1964. But Jesus saw me before that. And decided to save me because I accepted him as my personal savior by faith and repented of my sins. God saved. Isn't that what great God, how great God is to do that? So he already knew who Nathaniel was. And then Nathaniel. Nathanael answered, verse 49. Here we go. Now watch this. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. When I got saved, I learned that Jesus was the way to salvation. I always thought, Live a good life. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that and so on. And everything's okay. You go to heaven. You believe in God. So many people believe that way. That's the way the world is. Folks, that's not the Bible way. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way. There is none other. If you're depending on Buddha or anybody else for that matter, you're wasting your time. These folks can't help you. Now, one more place in the Bible I'd like for you to look, and that is Acts chapter 1. 
Acts chapter 1. Now the book of Acts, by the way, was written by Luke, the same writer of the Gospel of Luke. So in a way, the book of Acts is a continuation of Luke. It's a bridge between the Old Testament and the Gospels. That's what the book of Acts is all about. It's when the church was begun, by the way. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem. They here are the disciples. From the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode with both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, and there he is again, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Folks, you know what we need today? It's a time of prayer. Our pastor came up with a good idea. He's done this before. Up there, just as you're coming out of the auditorium to go out into the vestibule of the church, there's a little table, and he had a paper there with times. And all of us would sign a certain time that we would pray for revival. I chose 7.30 a.m., 7.30 p.m. to pray for a revival. And that's what we're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, this country needs to be revived. But before the country can be revived, the church needs to be revived. No matter the denomination. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the church. Saved people here in America who are born again. I'm talking about the ones who genuinely are saved. We need revival. There's something missing in our hearts, in our lives. We've forgotten how to serve God like we ought to. And we need revival. Now, before the country can be revived, the church needs to be revived. Before the church can be revived, I need to be revived. And I think you too, more than likely, if you're in the same boat I am, and I think most of us are, we need to spend time in prayer. And have the, the audacity to refer to Jesus for who he really is. We need a closer relationship to the, to the Father. And that is done through, the, uh, through Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit. And we need a Holy Ghost revival in this land, in this church, in our individual lives.